Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to Grim to the Brim with me, Davey Mustard Face, and my lovely co-host, Kate Pienpots. I hear there's these three stories that I've not heard before and we're going to dissect them in some way. Yeah, so the first one's about two sausages. It's called The Strange Feast. A blood sausage and a liver sausage had been friends for some time and the blood sausage invited the liver sausage for a meal at her home. At dinner time, the liver sausage merrily set out for the blood sausage's house. But when she walked through the doorway, she saw all kinds of strange things. There were many steps and on each of them she found something different. A broom and a shovel were fighting with each other and there was a monkey with a big wound on his head and more such things. The liver sausage was very frightened and upset by this. Nevertheless, she took heart, entered the room, and was welcomed in a friendly way by the blood sausage. The liver sausage began to inquire about the strange things on the stairs, but the blood sausage pretended not to hear her, or made it seem it was not worth talking about, or that she said something about the shovel and the broom, such as, that was probably my maid gossiping with someone on the stairs, and she shifted the topic to something else. Then, the blood sausage said she had to leave the room to go into the kitchen and look after the meal. She wanted to check that everything was in order and nothing had fallen into the ashes. The liver sausage began walking back and forth in the room and kept wondering about the strange things until someone appeared, I don't know who it was, and said, let me warn you, liver sausage, you're in a bloody murderous trap. You'd better get out of here quickly if you value your life. The liver sausage didn't have to think twice about this. She ran out the door as fast as she could, nor did she stop until she got out of the house and was in the middle of the street. Then she looked around and saw the blood sausage standing high up in the attic window with a long, long knife that was gleaming as as though it had just been sharpened. The blood sausage threatened her with it and cried out, If I had caught you, I would have had you. The end. Something that struck me when I heard it was just the the amount of, like, the way they're trying to deflect on these weird things on the stairs. Like, I was thinking, like, she pretended not to hear her. Like, like you've been hearing her fine the whole time. And then as soon as she mentions something, like, what's that going on with those stairs? <laughs> I can't hear you. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? A broom and a shovel? That was clearly my maid and uh, somebody else just gossiping on the stairs. What's the matter with you? It was very upsetting to them. Like, you wouldn't be upset by it. You'd be curious about it. (laughs) But she was, like, really upset by it. Well, I guess you wouldn't be depressed if you saw a shovel and a brush fighting on the stairs. You'd probably be like, what? You're seeing magical things happening in front of you. (laughs) You know, I mean, fair enough, you'd want to ask about it. And it would be weird if someone was like, I can't hear you. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, oh, that yeah, it's probably several people in the house that weren't here before. The reason I'm inquiring is because it was a broom and a shovel. It wasn't people. If it was a maid on the stairs, then we wouldn't even be talking about it. <laughs> yes. You know, she wouldn't have brought it up, would she? The, the the sausage. She wouldn't have even brought it up. She'd have just been like, "Oh, there's your maid gossiping on the stairs again." If she'd said like, "What?" and then they went and had a look, even that would have probably diffused the the tension a bit. If she dragged the other sausage like out into the hallway, and she'd be like, "Look at this," and then you know they saw the the broom and the brush fighting like fencing or something on the stairs. Knife behind the back. That's weird. Look closer. <laughs> We're sausages, but this is weird. How did they meet? We need we need a prequel to this story. How would they be friends, though? It's not like a blood sausage and a liver sausage is ever going to be in the same packet. Did they have packets in those days? Maybe not, but you wouldn't just buy one blood sausage and one liver sausage. Unless, like, there was a load of blood sausages and liver sausages and them two just got on better than anybody else. No, because they were in different houses. They went and got a mortgage each. Or maybe one was renting. This is very true. They wouldn't speak to a sausage. It would have come up. Never had a tenant ring me and say... I need some adaptations doing to my house because I'm a sausage. You've not had that yet. Could 
you please lower all the kitchen units and <laughs> worktops? I can't reach. But there's there's a lot that goes into like getting to the point in your life where you've got a house. Maybe it was originally about two people. What, and they just thought that like it was too violent for a children's story? If they were actually carved up uh, animal carcasses stuffed into uh, sausage skins, that would be much more appropriate for children. <laughs> Do you think maybe it was a mistranslation? Do you think maybe it's the Grimms just were like, it's a sausage. Are you sure it's a sausage? Just write sausage. We'll go with it. <laughs> so what is the moral of this story? Don't trust anyone in your life. Particularly the blood sausages. Like they wrote some good stories, but this is one that's it's being bothering us. Like just, why did they write this one? And It ends very abruptly. I know. Well, that's the thing. There's there's so many stories in this book where there is no ending. There's like, how? Well, I was just getting into it and everything. And then they just, that's it. It's like a Coen Brothers film, you know. They just give up and the camera just like pans to the floor and that's the end of the film. <laughs> it said that they travelled around the world and like got stories from people. Like they, they travelled and they, they listened to folklore stories and things like that. Do you think maybe they like got really into these stories, like this little old lady that's telling them this story and they're like, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. And then she's like, I can't remember the rest. And they're like, well, we've already f- we've written like 14 pages now. It's got to go in the book. What we got? And then something. But rather than just go, oh, we haven't got a complete story. We'll not put it in. They put it in anyway and just went, we don't know the ending. She got on a bus and left. All the ones that don't have endings should just say, and she got on a bus and left. Stop writing stories at the bus stop. You know, people will have to get buses. They'll prioritise that. <laughs> so we're not going to read the, the sensible stories like Rapunzel and Cinderella and things. They're being done. There's this other kind of weird one that I found called the mother-in-law or straight away you know it's going to be horrific. Once there lived a king and a queen and the queen had a terribly evil mother-in-law. One day the king went to war and the old queen had her daughter-in-law locked up in a damp cellar along with her two little sons. After some time had passed the mother-in-law said to herself I'd really like to eat one of the children. So she called her cook and ordered him to go down into the cellar Take one of the little sons, slaughter him, and cook him. What kind of sauce would you like? asked the cook. A brown one, said the old queen. The cook then went down into the cellar and said, Ah, your highness, the old queen wants me to slaughter and cook one of your sons this evening. The young queen was deeply distressed and said, Well, why don't we take a pig, cook it the way she wants, and say that it was my child? The cook did just that and served the pig in a brown sauce to the old queen as though it were a child. Indeed, she ate it with great relish. Soon thereafter, the old queen thought, the child's meat tasted so tender. I think I'd like to have the second one as well. So she called the cook and ordered him to go down into the cellar and slaughter the second son. What kind of sauce should I cook him in? Oh, in a white one, said the old queen. The cook went down into the cellar and said, Ah, the old queen has ordered me now to slaughter your second little son and cook him too. Take a suckling pig, the young queen said, and cook it exactly as she likes it. The cook did just that and set it in front of the old queen in a white sauce and she devoured it with even greater relish than before. Finally, the old queen thought, Now that the children are in my body, I'd like to eat the young queen as well. The old queen called the cook and ordered him to cook the young queen. And then that's the end, but there's a little bit that says, Fragment. The cook slaughters a doe the third time. However, 
The young queen has trouble preventing her children from screaming. She doesn't want the old queen to hear them and realise they are still alive, and so on. And that's what we that's what we left with. That's it. I don't think this old woman's got like great hearing. You know, I <laughs> or I I'd have my doubts about her hearing. <laughs> And I think if she did get suspicious, like, just kill her, you know. Well, the main thing is, like, the the guy is like, okay, what source? Like, how many times has he killed for her or <laughs> pretended to kill for her? I mean, it's implied that it's just kind of the first time because he's like, oh, there you are, Queen. I'm going to have to kill one of your children because uh, I've been asked to. So well, that's going to happen. The Queen's like, no, 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 I've got an idea. It's like a crystal maze challenge. Like, <laughs> ah, you know what? Just get one of these pigs and do that instead. He was just about to murder her child, which is a big deal for most people. She's like, ah, I've just had this idea, actually. Uh, thinking on my feet, why don't we do something else other than that? Like, he's just already, like, he's just, I don't know if he's being lobotomized or what. He's just brainlessly like, yes, okay, sauce. Like, I like when people ask about sauce. I don't like to eat dry food. Like, this guy gets it. Yeah, but he can't be that good a cook either because he didn't even ask like what she meant when she was like a brown sauce. Like, do you mean like brown sauce, like just ordinary, you know, like HP brown sauce or like gravy or like maybe a really strong curry sauce? <laughs> do you want a really strong curry sauce? <laughs> I mean, that would make it dark brown, right? Uh, the human stomach is like, uh, it's not, it's like the size of a fist, but it stretches a little bit if you eat. Okay, so the, even like logistically, this woman has eaten two pigs, which, <laughs> uh, you know, pi- like full pigs. Now, one of them was a suckling pig, which I assume means small pig. Like a piglet, piglet, yeah. So that's still pretty big. That's a hog roast for a company picnic or barbecue, yeah. right? That's like 18 people would eat that and be like, well, oh, I'm full, you know? Yeah. Um, And then she ate a whole full pig. I think. Yeah. Or oh, they both suckling pigs. No, only the second one. The first one was just an ordinary pig. So, like, pigs don't look a lot like humans either. Like, unless you're really not looking at what you're eating. I'm, I mean, I mean, I mean, assuming that there's just a person laid out on the table. It's in a sauce. <laughs> like, are they in a giant bowl? Like, why do they have such like? Is it in a giant like a bath? Maybe, or a trough or something. Maybe it's just a torso. I think she'd be quite annoyed if you just brought her the torso. You'd want the head and you'd mm. want an apple in the mouth, you know. <laughs> and you'd recognise these people from your life. So you'd expect to see that. But she's just like, ah, doesn't look like them, but it's in, a so- it's in the sauce I asked for. It must be the right meal. <laughs> and there's no one else here, so. There's the brown sauce. Let's go for it. She acts, asks for colours and that's it. Yeah. Brown, red, green. <laughs> but why does the cook have to listen to her and not the queen queen? Because presumably the new queen, the young queen, is the most recent queen because she's married to the king and the old queen is yeah. his mum. So then why does the new queen's authority not mean more than the old queen's? Why did he listen to the old queen? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like He didn't just listen to her, he just... It's like he's a machine, like you've pressed a button on a machine and it just does what you... It's not... It doesn't have a thought process. It's just like, okay. Because he clearly didn't think like, well, what is the king going to say when he comes back from war? He is going to be fucked off at me. I won't mention it. What sauce? (laughs) You want me to kill his wife as well? Okay. And do you want sauce with... No, just dry. (laughs) That's that's what it is. And that's why people don't trust their mother-in-law. Because of this. If you listen to them even once, you find that at least one of your children will be dead. You know, 
if you even listen once, like block them, block their number. <laughs> don't respond to emails. If you ever see them through the peephole of your house, just put the chain on, shut the blinds. Uh, you know what? I've lost three families now. I just I wish there was a story that could teach me <laughs> to be a more sensible and discerning person. I guess if you'd like your mother-in-law to start with, that you probably don't after the grim story. You read it and you're just like, actually, now you mention it. Let's get it put in a home. Get put that knitting down. You'll kill someone with those needles. I think you're right. And I, I like I like the Grimm's thinking with this one. <laughs> Clearly a man wrote this story. Like let's not focus on the on the butler who's just like, I'll kill anyone <laughs> I, like without a moment's hesitation. <laughs> you know? He's like he's he's a bit jolly about it as well. He goes downstairs and Ah, there you are. Anyway, I'm gonna kill one of your children now because I've been asked like uh, I don't know, just being asked to, so... <laughs> I mean, back in those days, though, they did eat a lot of meat, didn't they? Not a lot of veg, just They didn't meat. eat three people a day. <laughs> you don't know like that. Like, one person eating three. <laughs> I suppose we could test it with pigs. Like, if they had, like, a restaurant challenge or something, you eat two pigs plus... No, one, one large pig, one small pig, plus one deer. With all the sauce you want. A beige sauce. It's like a mixture of the white <laughs> and the brown beige. sauce. What would a beige sauce even be? Beige sauce would be just Bailey's, but, like, <laughs> whisked... Two pigs and a deer in Bailey's, <laughs> 50 quid. I mean, it doesn't get any better, though, because um, it's something about pigs and people and slaughtering that they seem to love. Because, uh, and to be fair, I did, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I did just look through, the, like, the contents and I looked for the most interesting titles and they don't even hold back with this one. It's just called How Some Children Played at Slaughtering. No, they've not done another one about slaughtering animals, have they? No, 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 this is... Uh... This isn't quite as bad as slaughtering animals. They're just slaughtering each other. Oh, that sounds completely different to those other two stories. So this one goes like this. In a city named Franica, located in West Friesland, some young boys and girls between the ages of five and six happen to be playing with one another. They're all between five and six, like, specifically. Yeah, so are we five all, or Can six. I just check everyone? <laughs> Are we all between... How old are you? We're all between five and six. Okay, cool. Once you turn six, you're either a good person or you're a straight-up serial killer. They chose one boy to play a butcher, another boy was to be a cook, and a third boy was to be a pig. Then they selected one girl to be a cook and another girl to be her assistant. The assistant was to catch the blood of the pig in a little bowl so they could make sausages. As agreed... The butcher now fell upon the little boy playing the pig, threw him to the ground and slit his throat open with a knife while the assistant cook caught the blood in her little bowl. A councilman was walking nearby and saw this wretched act. He immediately took the butcher boy with him and led him into the house of the mayor who instantly summoned the entire council. Just sitting there in his bling watching the telly. This is the house of the mayor. It's his actual house, you know, <laughs> son. They deliberated about this incident and didn't know what to do with the boy, for they realised it had all been part of a children's game. One of the councilmen, a wise old man, advised the chief judge to take a beautiful red apple in one hand. He was to call the boy and stretch out his hand to him. If the boy took the apple, he was to be set free. It's got to be beautiful though, mind. You can't just have some shit apple. Are you feeling remorseful? I'm feeling very hungry for fruit. The judge took the wise man's advice and the boy grabbed the apple with a laugh. Thus, he was set free without any punishment. He sounds evil, <laughs> this kid. <laughs> and then there's like a little footnote that says, there was once a father who slaughtered a pig and his children saw that. Let's fucking kill this pig. Like, they all <laughs> stood there staring at you. In the afternoon, when they began playing, one child said to the other, you be the little pig and I'll be the butcher. He then took a shiny knife and slit his little brother's throat. 
Their mother was upstairs in a room bathing another child, and when she heard the cries of her son, she immediately ran downstairs. Upon seeing what had happened, she took the knife out of her son's throat and was so enraged that she stabbed the heart of the other boy who'd been playing the butcher. Then, she quickly ran back to the room to tend to her child in the bathtub, but while she'd been gone, he had drowned in the tub. Now the woman became so frightened and desperate that she wouldn't allow the neighbours to comfort her and finally hung herself. When her husband came back from the fields and saw everything, he became so despondent that he died soon thereafter, and they all lived happily ever after. It's like one of those magazines that you see in, like, Tesco. I went out for some petrol, and when I come back, my whole family was dead. If they'd hung that first kid, I feel like <laughs> this woman would have been fine. I've heard of this thing of dying of grief, but, like, <laughs> he just wasn't ready to have his whole family die in front of him. He like, just went to the shops, and he came back, and it all went to shit. If you're going to die of any, like, from a reaction to anything, I guess that's it, but, like... I like to think that no matter what happens, you don't just simply die. Walk Have a off. tin of beans. Cold beans, man. <laughs> sweet corn. If he'd had sweet corn, I think he would have been fine. Although that would have probably pissed us off as well if he was sitting eating sweet corn at the end of the story. <laughs> the husband ate a tin of sweet corn and went to bed. What was this called again, this podcast? Grim to, Grim to the brim. Grim to the brim. Grim to the brim to the brim. I like that. Grim's the Grim. Listen, I'd like to thank you all for listening to this uh, podcast about the Grimm's fairy tales. Uh, uh, Just just have a listen to the next one as well, if there is another one. Uh, (laughs) Thanks a lot for your time, and bye. bye.